0: Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world right now. I can't wait to listen to our guest today, Dr. John Gray. I'm so excited to have him on the show. John Gray is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. John helps men and women better understand and respect their differences in both personal and professional relationships. His approach combines specific communication techniques with healthy nutritional choices that create the brain and body chemistry for lasting health, happiness and romance. Dr. Gray has written over 20 books His most recent book is Beyond Mars and Venus. His Mars-Venus book series has forever changed the way men and women view their relationships. This is his story and this is his passion. Dr. John Gray, so honored to have you on the show today. Welcome to Passion Harvest.
1: I'm really happy too. And you'll see I'm a very passionate guy about what I teach. So this is really fun for me. You say the word passion, I'm there.
0: Yeah. Well, I just, I mean, your books, series, Mars, Venus are incredible. I'd like to talk about relationships today, but also soulmates. I know your most recent book, um, Beyond Mars and Venus specifically relates to that. But I guess my first question for you is how do we overcome obstacles to find our soulmates? So are we talking to an audience who needs to find a soulmate?
1: Are, are some people with their partner now? Just curious. You're Either
0: all, all. I I know these are very big questions, but you're the expert at this. and I am the expert (laughs) at this. Doing
1: this 50 years, doing this 50 years, helps so many people find their soulmate as well as couples who are married, find their soulmate in their partner. And if you found it in the beginning and you think you're with the wrong person, quite often it's your relationship skills and your approach to the relationship that causes you to doubt it. Many times when couples are wanting to end a relationship, they'll come to me. And I ask the question, I kind of test things out, how difficult is the challenge here? And I'll say, well, can you remember a time when you were deeply in love with your partner? And you know, these people married 10, 20 years. And they'll say, uh, well, I don't, I don't think I really love them. Now, if you actually ask them on their marriage day, do you really love them? 99% would say yes. But you see what happens, love, you can't just, uh, if you love something, someone you can't always feel it but the love is there for example anytime you're angry with your children the love is there but absent in that moment we think we love our children uh when we're getting angry at them but actually that's when you stop loving them temporarily but you stop loving them because you did love them and now you're going to a primitive part of you that's trying to control and manipulate and change out of love because you do love but when you are angry rejecting, disappointed with your partner, uh, trying to change your partner, which is called not trusting your partner to do their best they can. (laughs) See, we have to pierce through our illusions that, oh, I I love you even though I behave in ways that are not loving. And we say, well, that's because you treated me this way. (laughs) But no, that's because you're not loving. (laughs) That's within our grasp, that's within our power. So what happens is people, can love their partner, but they can't always feel that love. And when they can't feel it, they can't even remember it for some. Some do when they're feeling self-pity. They can, oh, I remember I felt so loved, but you don't love me now. At that moment, you're not loving. So love is something that comes from within us and not even comes from within, it. it's who we are. I, you think about a, a child, open-hearted child, they are full of love. And when you're, what's happening when you're full of love is your soul is shining through you, and you haven't yet disowned your soul. The child has no negative image of themselves until their parents give it to them. You know, when you go to a, a, a circus, you go to the haunted house, and one of the things they have there is the mirror
0: that's okay. squiggly.
1: So you see a distorted image of yourself. Now, if all you ever saw was that distorted image, you'd think that's who you are. So how do we know who we are as children is that we see ourselves in the mirror of the way we're treated. Meaning if you treat me with love, then I must feel lovable. If I feel you're rejecting me and you might still love me, but I feel you're rejecting me because you're working 24 hours a day and I don't get to see you. Well, I, get, I must not be that important. So I look in the mirror and I see myself as a, a wonderful person, worthy, good enough, motivated, a person who fits into this world and the world will support you and love you. That's a belief system that we lose in the cultural collective consciousness today. So a soulmate is somebody who can awaken and bring forth your soul. See, and the person who's gonna bring forth your soul, that soulmate is gonna be someone who triggers you to feel all of the painful feelings in childhood that got pushed down. Because we know how much children will cry and then you give them some milk and the crying's gone. But actually what went down is all that emotional tension got pushed down. Uh, And, you know, if you want to look at extreme cases, the extreme cases, you know, children who've been thrown away, uh, they did this study in China, or the knowledge came from China, where, you know, they had one child at one point. And so if you had a a little girl, you throw her away because you wanted a boy. And ironically, why you wanted a boy is because a long time ago in their tradition is you wanted boys because they protected you because you you didn't have police. (laughs) Basically, you want a lot of kids. Then they shortened it down. But to still happened. there was wanting a boy. Uh, but if we we go into that child that's thrown away uh, and not touched, not held, they're not getting touched and held enough and they're traumatic, it's like, I need someone to hold me, touch me, protect me, but touch is very important. The orphanages that when they learn germ theory and they stop touching children with gloves, they touch them with gloves, all those children died. You literally need to be physically held. So what happens psychologically is when you don't get what you need, And it's painful, the brain shuts off that need. It just says, well, then I don't need that. Too painful to need that. And so I'm not going to feel my need. And that's a real important need, the need to be touched. Those children later on, if you start to touch them, they'll scream. See, that's the whole point of this, is that literally if you start to touch one of those pain points, a need, if you start to fulfill a need later, the reaction will be, get away from me, get away from me. So what a soulmate does are... And vast intelligence causes an attraction and there are wrong kinds of attraction, right kind of attractions. But let's just say it's a healthy attraction to somebody and you feel, you feel happy, you feel present, you feel safe, you feel good. All those things, meaning that person is pulling out your soul and anything that helps to bring out who you truly are, then every part of you that's resistant to being who you are will begin to come up. So your soulmate is somebody who triggers unresolved processed feelings from the past. And uh, I like to read a little quote and then we'll have more conversation discussion. I realize I just started out with all that, but I want to set up. That was
0: fantastic. Thank you.
1: And, but there's a quote here uh, from uh, Carl Jung. He's a a famous psychologist that had a big reputation and have to say a bit of my work on the differences between men and women uh, came from him acknowledging how, important it is to integrate the two parts of us, because we all have a male side, we all have a female side, and it's very important how we integrate them. And one of the big challenges in the world today, which is often why we often pick the wrong partners, who we don't have healthy attraction for, but we have unhealthy attraction. And you know, if we don't think we have unhealthy attraction, well, I'll give you an example, I'm attracted to ice cream all the time, <laughs> and that's not a healthy attraction. <laughs> You you would look at the majority of men on the planet right now who are attracted to fantasy sex, which is porn, massive industry. And you look at the majority of women who are uh, disappointed in their relationships because their husbands are not fulfilling their fantasy of a romantic relationship. We have to come back to reality here. And we can add to that the whole Facebook phenomenon of people getting addicted to looking at again and again look at that person's happy that person's happy and who am i i'm not happy you know so it causes massive depression whatever and all those people out there are fake meaning you take a snapshot it's not never the whole picture i have have a family of seven children two parents there was never a time where everybody was happy with each other but when you see a picture (laughs) everybody says smile and we all go into smile Yeah. yeah you could be in the perfect soulmate relationship because they're triggering you to get in touch with the things that keep you from being fully in love all the time. That's a possibility. Okay. Now for me, I'm in love all the time. And I have to preface that my wife died three years ago. We we're married 34 years I'm so and having processed a massive amount of grief. I mean, I wanted to die. I cried and screamed all, oh. oh, I couldn't sleep for months and whatever. And nobody came to my house, I didn't want anybody, I just want to go to hibernate, you know, and and if I didn't kill myself, and of course, I wouldn't, because I have a conscious mind, but what happened, you know, one of my friends said, well, don't you believe in heaven, I said, of course, I believe in heaven, well, your wife's happy, I said, I absolutely know my wife's happy, she talks to me from the other side, I get that, but there's a subconscious part of me that still thinks that I can't have love unless she loves me, that's called attachment, see, when you're attached, this is Freud, explained this, and people have to understand this, is that, when you're a child you need love and so we all need love and so when somebody gives us love then our brain starts to change it goes through change and it doesn't say i need love anymore it says i need you to love me so if you die or you're not there then i can't have love so here i am knowing i'm so happy my wife's pain is over she's so happy in heaven we're just so glad the whole process was awful but it's done i mean think about something terrible happens in your life and then it's done don't you go like yes it's done it's finished so it was over she had nine months of having to have her whole body go to nothing the skeleton basically because the cancer was in her digestive system she couldn't eat and and so we got through it you know we did a lot of alternative things that helped her so she was pain-free without having to take painkillers. okay so that was amazing you know so doctors said we'd never seen this before So it's a pain-free and, but having said that we made it through the cancer was there. There's some DNA problem in her body. So she, she went, she's relieved. Aren't we happy? She's no longer in pain. Aren't we happy? You know, it's kind of like the moment, one of the happiest moments of my life is when, you know, 30 years ago I became the number one bestseller in the world. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that made me so happy. Okay. So when you get what you want, well, all of us want to be happy and now she's happy in heaven. Cause that's fortunate for me. I believe that. But then why are you still upset? I'm devastated. I want to die. I can't live without her. My life will be miserable. We had so many good times and there were so many painful things for her. My mind would go back to the, you know, the difficulty of her losing her hair and various things and not having her beauty anymore. It was devastating on that level. So you can just dwell on that or you can let it go. Why can't I just let it go? Because I have to feel all of that. I have to process all of that because that has very little to do with Bonnie. That has to do with my unconscious mind that thought that I needed her to feel love. So every moment in my life where I didn't get love, that pain starts to come up. It can be released. Because see, this is what, when your life gets better, you're able to more penetrate deeper into the subconscious mind. So this is a quote from Jung. It's wonderful. It's a famous quote, evidently. It's one <laughs> of my counseling clients quoted me, quoted this to me a few weeks ago. <laughs> what a great quote to explain what I do. And it's simply, until, this is the quote from Jung, until you make the unconscious conscious, that means all the things we push down. Remember that child that says, I don't want to be loved? That's pushing down the into the unconscious, the need for love. Okay, so that, that's coming up and the pain of not getting love. So that pain starts to come up when you give the child love, but then you have to know how to process it, which I learned that by learning how to, or have a child overcome that. So that until you make the unconscious conscious, it will, the unconscious will direct your life and you will call it fate. Okay, so this is, we're, we're in control, we are being controlled, all, some people call it karma. OK, and then it turns into it's my husband or it's my wife. <laughs> it's not them at all. It's you are directing your life. All of this unconscious stuff starts to come up for us to heal it. A soulmate, a soulmate, not a rolemate. I talk about in this book, the difference between rolemates and soulmates. My parents were rolemates. Now, what that means, they had a very happy relationship. They stayed together, raised seven children. We all love each other. I mean, you know, a little war is going on, but it's all little stuff. Because they were role mates. Role mates are not, <clears throat> they're living in a world where their primary needs are survival and security and personal achievement. Maslow talked about this. He said that their basic hierarchy of needs, uh, you know, nobody worries about having a soulmate, whether your partner is a soulmate. If you're just trying to survive, you just want heat. <laughs> well, food, water, and shelter are the basic food, principles. Food, water, and shelter. That is your only thing that helps you. And so my counseling of those people would be worthless. They're not in a place where they're at the higher emotional need, which is the need for love. See, we're not conscious of a need for love until we're safe, we are, we're surviving, we're safe, we have self-esteem, and at that point, we want to be able to have intimacy. And that's what he said, basically it's a higher need. And when you fulfill that higher need, then you can begin to self-actualize, which is pure compassion, happiness, joy, compassion, friendliness. These are higher places that we can get to. And that's taking me 70 years to get there, right? So but this is what we can look forward to. And the only doorway to that full self-actualization and the higher level of unconditional love and compassion is intimacy. And that's what he basically said. You've got to have that next need fulfilled. And then the other challenges come up for self-actualization and for unconditional love. So we're all, we're on a stage of a society of looking to have a soulmate. A soulmate is someone that helps us grow in our capacity to give and receive love. And in our, in that capacity, you have to realize every time here, let's say my loving potential is like this much, six inches here. And to go to seven inches, what do I have to do? I have to be able to become aware of what's holding me back from seven inches because I am 100 percent loving. That's who we are as souls. So then to open up to eight inches, I have to notice, okay, how am I holding myself back? Now, how not how anybody else is holding me back? That just keeps me stuck. How am I keeping myself from being loving? And it's not behavior for women. For men, it's behavior. But for women, it's it's your attitude, it's your understanding of yourself and others. And I'll explain those gender differences. And there's always a little bleed over from male and female because we have both inside of us. It's just men are men and women are women. All this gender identity is nonsense, complete nonsense. I have the biological truth. It's all right here. Nobody can dispute it. I've been teaching this for 30 years. When I finally talked about how our brains are highly, significantly different, they tried to dispute that because it's such complex science, brain science. You can focus on this, but ignore that. So I came to something that nobody can ignore. Nobody can ignore this because everybody agrees with it. Women, every scientific study shows happiness in a woman is equated with, correlated with 10 times more estrogen in a woman than a man. And for men, happiness is equated with 10 times more testosterone in a man <laughs> than estrogen, than a, than a woman's testosterone. Level. So men have to make more testosterone and the correlation there is then we're happier, we're more fulfilled. And also another correlation is when anytime a man is depressed or angry, his testosterone is going down. Weakness. All this, see, women's get, this is real. And for a woman, when, when, basically for her to be happy, she needs to be making estrogen. If she's making testosterone, in most cases, she's not making estrogen. And when man's making estrogen, most cases he's not making testosterone. So what are behaviors of making estrogen or testosterone? Well, whenever I do anything I would like to do, enjoy doing, I love doing, I'm happy doing, I'm making estrogen. Whenever I'm doing anything that's hard to do, difficult to do, but I'm gonna do it for a noble cause. I have a goal, I'm achieving that goal and I'm sacrificing my own happiness to achieve that goal. That's your male side, that's testosterone producing. When I lift a weight, just a simple logic, you have heavy weight. If I have a lightweight, oh, I just enjoy this so much, nothing's happening as far as testosterone. You want muscle, you need testosterone. I push something as difficult, it exhausts me, it pushes me hard. That's testosterone production. When you do too much easy, you become weak if you're a man. So historically we look at what used to be called playboys. Right? They were children, children of rich parents. They didn't have to earn money. They already had it. They never went through the challenges of overcoming the sacrifices it takes in order to earn money. They got it, everything was easy for them. So they're weak, they can't make a commitment, they can't sustain attraction for a woman, they fool around all the time. They fool around, they're addicted, they're they're cocaine addicts, they're alcoholics, that's one version of how you get there. The other version of how you get there is just having a weak masculine. Boys who don't grow up with father role, if you don't have a father, unless you get a mentor, now you can get a mentor, but if you don't have a, a role model, you're growing up stage of life, where a mother is admiring that man and that man is behaving in an admirable way, your male side does not develop. Your testosterone levels are diminished. And so what we see today is 70% of black boys don't have fathers, Uh, 40% of white boys don't have fathers. Diminishing father, the average 20 year old has, what is it? 40% less testosterone than a generation ago. This is uh, crazy. There's infinite teenagers. There's infinite 20 year olds. This is insanity. And when your testosterone is low as a male, you have an addiction to pornography because pornography will temporarily make you feel like you're a stud because your subconscious mind, remember we're ruled by the subconscious mind. (laughs) Everything we do is controlled by that. Particularly when you're in a soulmate relationship because anybody that opens you up to feel like I finally can be me, that's a soulmate. Somebody who, who brings out the best in you will then bring out the worst of you. And you have to have this one important lesson to grow in a soulmate relationship is when the worst of you comes up to recognize it's not about your partner trigger. Your partner triggers it, okay? They, they behave in a way that makes, awakens some part of your subconscious mind. The point I'm making is you could be with your soulmate and over time think they're not your soulmate because you're not dealing with your issues. You could also meet your soulmate and not know that they're your soulmate because it's not the time for you to know that your soulmate, you have to grow enough within yourself to know who you are. And then you automatically, your attraction will be to the right person. And you'll know, but you don't know right away. There's stages of this. First you go through an attraction stage, then you go through an uncertainty stage. It's normal, even when you're the perfect person for you, it's normal to have an uncertainty stage. Then there's the commitment stage where you have all kinds of problems because when men go in the commitment stage, they get lazy and women overgive and then resentment builds up and the passion starts to go away. If you make it through that stage, then you have the real intimacy stage. The intimacy stage is where you're also having great sex, which really opens you up to your feelings and emotions. You see, when you have sex with someone, you're being naked with them. When when in your life were you naked with somebody? You're right with your mother. You're naked and your mother is cleaning your body. She's holding you and all these things. This is this, that brings up everything. You know what, with couples where they're falling in love, sometimes they're so in their child that they, ooh, goo, ooh, goo, they And oh, baby, 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 you know, all those, this is all, it's all just coming up. And when you have to realize all that goodness of a child, the love, the unconditional love, the happiness, the joy, that's how you feel. Along with that comes every trauma of your life. <laughs> right. it, but it comes up one layer after another. So this is the soulmate will push your buttons. Falling in love is the is the imagination that this is going to last forever. That's what it is. It's like you look around, you can love people, you can like them, but falling in love is that feeling that you may be the one I want to share my life with always. And then you have to test that out through the dating process, and and hopefully you take the time to test it out. You go through the attraction stage. Well, maybe this is the one. Then I'm not sure if she's the one. Then she is the one. And once she's the one. It triggers your unresolved issues that will always interfere with feeling love for your partner, but they only rise because your partner is giving you love and you love them. So that comes up. If you're able to make it through intimacy, then one morning you wake up and you go, "You're the one." And that's like for me. I just heard my wife's voice. I said, "I know she's the one." And then problems set in, and and you know we had this wonderful soulmate relationship. And sometimes I, I just I felt trapped in this relationship. I didn't want to be in this relationship because I was mad. But fortunately, I then could process my feelings mm. and come back to my love and then reflect on how I could have done that differently. Men are from Mars is the information so, even the, so that you're less dramatically triggered because logically speaking, you have nothing to be upset about. So then logically speaking, you have nothing to be upset about. Then when you get upset, you can realize you're being totally irrational, but this is an opportunity to go deeper into healing your past. So that whole concept of logic, when you read men are from Mars, are the new one beyond Mars and Venus, what you see is some of the basic, completely wrong interpretations we have today. And when you realize what a stupid thing to think, for example, your husband comes home from work and ignores you. You think he doesn't love you. Are you kidding? He went to work for you. You, He doesn't love you because of that. And then you imagine you're hurt by that. You read my books and you realize, oh, when men are stressed, they need to be alone. They need to be alone. That's what they need. They can't be close to you. Otherwise, it will not take away their stress. That's not true for women. If a woman is stressed and she feels safe in the relationship and she can talk about her feelings, she'll feel better. Well, men should not talk about their feelings. They shouldn't talk at all. They should go to their cave and do something that produces testosterone. That's not also not, that that also healthy testosterone. All testosterone is healthy, but how you get there, you can just masturbate and testosterone will go up and then you're crashed down, estrogen will go up. So you're just stuck. So you have to do things that are productive. Could be watching the news for an hour, okay? Or it could be 30 minutes, depending upon how, many, how much children you have and how much time you have or whatever it could be going for the gym and working out it could be having a model airplane that you're working on it could be remodeling your your it's basically hobbies you know men develop these hobbies they're all different and what they are is doing something that challenges him that he's good at and it has no dangerous consequence but as soon as it has the dangerous consequence of hurting my wife's feelings he doesn't get the
0: benefit of the cave and he lives in the cave You got to get the, I love that explanation. It's exactly true. Do you mind detailing for the audience? Just simply for those that haven't read your book, some of the significant differences between men and women that you've identified over 50 years. years. Okay. (laughs) So now if you don't have high
1: self-esteem as a man, when a woman makes you wrong for taking alone time, then you feel like something's wrong with you because the whole culture, every therapist is saying, no, you need to be with her all the time. You should share how you feel. No, I shouldn't share how I feel. Particularly if what I feel is angry, stop talking men. It would remove all violence in relationships, which is rampant. If men would just not talk when they're angry and then go somewhere else, raise your testosterone, your anger will go away. And then you can reflect on how you contributed to the problem how she contributed to the problem, and you're both at fault, then there's no resentment, there's no blame. You both make every problem. That's all I do as a counselor, change relationships. Okay, he did that, now what did you do? Women don't even know how they create the problem. That's the problem, is that women think men are like women. Well, I did all these wonderful things for him. He ignored me and I was so nice to him and I made him a meal and I did this and he kept ignoring me. I said, oh, so you're rewarding him for ignoring you. I'll tell you the funniest story. He was a very intelligent Harvard graduate couple. And what she says, you know, he wants his cave. He wants his other apartment. We have this place together. And then he says, he doesn't call it cave. They're just learning about my material. But he, she says, he won't even have a key to the house. He wants to knock on the door and have me open the door for him when he comes to our shared house. I said, that's crazy. Why can't he have a key? He won't take a key. He won't get a key. And so when he knocks, you open the door? She says, well, of course. I said, that's stupid. Why are you going to reward him for some unrealistic expectation and demand? She says, well, what am I supposed to do? Don't open the door. You can <laughs> send him a text if you want and say, when you get a key, here's a key. Put it under the door. Keep it. Otherwise, you're going to have to not come in. You have to have boundaries. See, women don't have the healthy boundaries. Their only boundary is to complain. That's not a good boundary complaining only pushes his testosterone down how to set boundaries That's a whole course we teach that course at marsvenus.com it's called how to get your me time set the boundary where you learn how to be happy without depending on a man therefore you can never blame him for your unhappiness but you can only use strategies which are in that class and how to bring out the best in him which is to ask for what you want basically anytime a man is angry with you this is a mars venus idea You have to understand, don't ask him questions. It only makes him more angry. Don't ask him questions. And if you're talking and he's getting angry, then take a time out. And then if he gets angry with you, say, You're being a bully and walk away. Don't talk. And then, but you need to talk. So now you need to go talk to a therapist, a coach, or a friend, or your journal, or to God and express how you feel. That's called now process your feelings instead of escalating into a big, terrible problem everybody is responsible for their problems and particularly in soulmate relationships you'll have the most problems because your partner you feel safe with them when you feel safe you're back to being like a little child you're naked with them you're feeling love for them Well, that's what we feel as children and your stuff will come up but if you want to go to heaven which is actualize your greatness because it's heavenly to be able to find your purpose in life, to actualize it, to get better and better at making a difference in the world. My God, what a blessing to be able to find that! That takes time to get there. It's not like it's like making money. You don't just suddenly build a kingdom. It takes time. But if you're if you're optimistic and you're actually doing it,
0: every step is very very fulfilling along the journey. So the 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 the, the first relationship really starts with us. The love, the relationship, the foundation starts with us. Absolutely, you have to love yourself, but people
1: don't. Nobody loves themselves. I mean, any woman lands oh, I love myself, it's his problem. Go stand naked in front of the mirror and tell me you love every part of your body. Yeah. And if you feel it's like, awesome. unless, you're ex- unless you're in complete denial of I need others, which some people are, they're exhibitionists. Uh, <laughs> if you're turned on to a man and you don't know him, he's the wrong man. That's a fantasy. And your ability to be turned on by reality is dramatically diminished. So the men who actually would be good for you, potential soulmates for you will not turn you on. And therefore you think they're not exciting or passionate. And therefore they're not the one for me. I want this guy that excites me. He drives a motorcycle, has tattoos. You find out he's already married. You find out he's a narcissist. You find out all these things. And who caused that relationship? You, because you listen to below the waist instead of your brain up here, understanding that women start with attraction to the mind now it's potential soulmate then attraction to the heart and part of attraction to the mind is somebody who you admire you see their good character you're drawn to them you're fascinated by that you're interested in them. you want to know more about them you don't want to get in bed with them or you're not turned on by them any man that turns you on the wrong guy in most cases and how do you know in most cases that's the case because if you've been turned on to a man and he was married he was dangerous he was unavailable you find out he was an addiction person which means he isn't available you fantasize and it turns you on you're just turned on to fantasy rather than reality now we can look at a very common well-tested truth that understand this many ways i can explain it. this is the way i want to do it now when men are turned on by these fake women on the screen okay these women that <laughs> look yeah. when i was a little kid it's totally immaturity I saw a naked mannequin and got turned on, okay? (laughs) Uh, But that's actually more real than actually looking at a picture. That's just a piece of paper. So basically that's fantasy turns you on. The more you now look to fantasy, depend on fantasy to turn you on and then ejaculate, that's called boys masturbating. Then what happens is you now become addicted to fantasy and your ability to be turned on to reality diminishes. Cocaine does the same thing. Cocaine stimulates the brain chemistry that's produced by fantasy. Fantasy produces it, but dopamine does. Uh, Cocaine does. After you take cocaine, your capacity to enjoy life is diminished 30%. Biologically proven, 30% of your dopamine receptor sites close down, become unfunctional. It takes a long time. It takes time for those receptor sites to open up. So while they're down, you feel bored, flat, despair. So you seek your cocaine to give you more dopamine. And that then stimulates, pushes the receptors down even more and more and more. Every time that boy masturbates, depends on porn to turn him on, depends on the woman with the short skirt to feel his sexual arousal. His ability to be turned on to a modest woman, a loving woman, a, a caring woman, it becomes diminished. The flip side happens for women when they, when they get turned on to somebody who hasn't earned it. You earn a woman's being turned on by treating him with huge respect, by truly hearing her, appreciating her mind, respecting her mind, respecting her feelings, and then respecting her through, through the way you make love and have sex, taking her into consent. Those are all the things that then if you're turned on, you're with the right person attraction should tell you but you have to be in balance within yourself and nobody who's having problems is in balance within themselves now some people who are very happy and fulfilled and truly are that way they're why because they're in balance in themselves and what's correlated with that is he's got healthy testosterone levels and not unhealthy estrogen levels that's the, the real big problem there now you can have you know you see so many couples they're happy my parents were happy all the way till they died with each other, they didn't even think about divorce. What was that for? Well, today people want more. They want what you're talking about, passion. They wanna feel that attraction. They want excitement. They wanna feel connection. They wanna feel special. They wanna feel important. And why I was talking about, if you wanna have sexual prowess men to the ability where you can have orgasms and orgasms, the only way you can do that, by the way, is you you don't ejaculate. You learn how to have orgasms without ejaculation. Uh, I have a class, uh, other people teach classes on this. It's certainly possible. It's beyond the thoughts of anybody, but you have to give up your addiction to, to ejaculation. And what frees you from that is a hormone that your body produces more and more over time of when your partner actually has an orgasm. And this is measurable. When a woman has an orgasm, man makes love with her and she has an org, a real orgasm. Then what happens is his body will now make prolactin. He'll make a little prolactin regardless, which is what causes the recovery period. So it means he won't wanna have sex for several hours or he will not have sex for a couple of days. You don't wanna have sex for five days. If a woman has a full-blown orgasm and his she'll send messages with her high estrogen to his, his brain and his brain will make a huge amount of prolactin. Prolactin inhibits his addiction to ejaculation. He won't feel the need to ejaculate. And if he's an immature man, doesn't yet matured, he, which is the, the older you get, the more you have the potential to mature, you know, I'm 70 years old. I'm a mature person. <laughs> don't bother me. You know, I understand the way the world is, you, you know, you have realistic expectations. Well, what's being fed into women is unrealistic expectations of men. You all live in a fantasy world of what makes you feel romantic. And because when your fantasy is met, which happens biologically in the beginning of a relationship, just because there's newness, But once familiarity sets in, the fantasy goes away and you no longer lose the passion. So you don't want to be dependent on fantasy ever, which again, everything I say is contrary to what most therapists teach. They want to encourage fantasy. No, this is, you want to be turned on to your partner. You're not turned on to some fantasy or some fake scene or whatever. Clearly, it will cause you to get all excited. Yeah, if you can't get excited, then take cocaine. You know, there's drugs that will actually... just. You want to have reality, and reality is what allows you to grow in your ability to love your partner and know that when you're a soulmate, they'll trigger you. You'll have the opposite feelings of an open heart, and that's your business. That's your bathroom time. You have to process that. You don't fart in front of her or on her, although some people like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all fantasy, stimulating things that are aberrant and out of balance. Love is. Beautiful, beautiful love and sharing and reassurance. Women need lots and lots of reassurance that they are the special person. And and a man, also deep inside of every man, we are born to serve. We're born to help. We're not born to hurt. The last thing any man truly wants to do when he's in touch with his true soul, he doesn't want to hurt anyone.
0: I'm sure so many people, women come to you or men and say, I, I want to be in a relationship. I want to find my soulmate, and they're not coming. Yeah. Okay, so- What's your advice? (laughs) My my advice, the first
1: thing, if that's been your experience, all right, if that's your experience, then you are putting out the wrong messages. First of all, you're attracted to the wrong people or the wrong people are attracted to you. So if somebody's attracted to you and you're not turned on to them right away, there's potential. Then when you go on dates together and you speak your mind freely, you never do people-pleasing never do people pleasing. That's your obstacle. Anything you do to please the man, you're going in the wrong direction. You'll never find the right guy for you. If you have the pattern in your life where, why am I not getting there? Well, you're a people pleaser or you're the opposite of people pleaser. You're a terror, you're a Karen. That's a new word now. You're a Karen. Forget it. Okay. You, You got, you got to learn to love yourself. Okay. Even before you deal with your lower stuff. Okay. Intimacy will bring up your stuff. But a Karen is already lost in the programming of too much trauma in her life. So right now it's too much. She can't be in a relationship until she can be happy and fulfilled. The problem is once you're happy and fulfilled, you start feeling your need for intimacy and you become desperate. Now, so desperation as you're getting older, you're 36 years old, you want to have kids, you want to be, you're desperate. So what you do then is you put out a spray that makes you attracted to the wrong person, the wrong people be attracted to you. And also then be turned off to you. It can't last. So, Simple practical step start dating and men who are interested in you. Make yourself available. You don't. Dr. Phil did a show on don't waste time. Interview that man. He'd be in the (laughs) the ear of somebody and they're questioning, well, what's your job and what are your expectations and what do you hope to do? Forget about any of that stuff. Are you kidding? Your only function in dating, if you and depending on how much time you have left before you can have children, you, you got plenty of time. You have to first come from that. I've done all this experience to give me wisdom. So I will find the right person in a very quick part-time. Okay, that's a belief. If you actually do the work and what is the work? First, don't follow your your below your waist. If you're a woman, you know, if a man, of course you're gonna follow your penis, but you have to now not have sex until you know her feelings and you know her mind. But he can't know her mind if she's a people pleaser. You have to learn how to have different points of view than the person you're dating, express those points of view, let them react to that and don't react back. And if somebody, if you're not sexually attracted to them, it's easy to maintain a distance of, of easy debate. Talk, share, reveal yourself. There's this whole hidden person inside has to come out and be seen. And then, see, men don't know how to listen and he hasn't read my book. So he's gonna be, you know, you, and, and, and also share feelings, you know, share happy yeah. feelings, positive feelings, also share negative feelings. And men can handle that if it's not about him. Now he can't handle it if, cause he does what you'll share. Oh, my job is just driving me crazy. This is happening. This is happening. I'm so frustrated. And, and a guy will listen to that and he will listen right away. and He'll think he has the answer. So he says, well, you want to do this and this. Then you say to him, well, that makes sense. And I completely agree with that. I was just, sometimes I just need to vet how I feel. And the truth is because I was able to talk about that. I feel so happy now. It's so much fun to be with me. It's just like your presence does something for me. If you share negativity, you have to go back to the positivity so he sees. And what he'll do when a man sees a fire, he wants to put it out. He's going to push you down and keep you from exploring and expressing more of who you are. Anything that's stressing you out every day, you need to journal. I have a journaling technique. I'll give it to you right now because it's soul releasing. Your soul, will you experience negative feelings, negative emotions when your soul is restricted from coming forth you experience, once that restriction is released, all you have to do to release it is become aware of it. It will just go away. And then it's like all the negative voices, when you hear them, they have nothing left to say. If you don't argue with them, <laughs> if you don't push them down. If you push them down, they keep coming up and up and up. So you listen to those, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm concerned, I'm embarrassed. Those four emotions are present anytime you have any stress. And don't tell me you don't have any stress. <laughs> but no, And
0: the- and that kind of answers my next question, two questions, because I was going to talk about someone that's what's your advice for heartbreak and someone that's in an unhappy marriage and doesn't believe they're with their soulmate. So please go on. But you're kind of answering all the questions.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. I- I know i'm sort of telepathic
0: <laughs> you are you're the, like the best guest ever. i don't even need to do anything sorry please go on john i
1: should let you ask questions no
0: no, no 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 you, you've I'm been amazing, amazing. Uh, if you want to change
1: your life everything you do is partially wrong and by making that change it gets a little better and then for it to become even better you have to keep saying what else am i doing that's wrong and why women have so much mistrust and resentment of men is you do your very best you're always doing your best you're loving beings It's just, you're not doing what works for him to be a better person. You're actually spoiling him, ruining him, making him unhappy, making him go down further. Because anytime you're not taking responsibility for being fulfilled without depending on him, he's going to be weakened in your presence. When you are taking the time to find your fulfillment, your hormonal balance, and at, at every stage, I can't go into that today, but it's in this book, every day of the month, you have a different ideal hormonal balance. So there's activities that are good to do at one time of the day and not so good at another time of the month. So the last five days, for example, is when your estrogen levels to be a well, well-balanced person, your estrogen levels have to suddenly double. If they don't double, you won't be happy period. You can't, all your brain will just go in the fight or flight and your brain will look at everything. That's not good. Cause when you're, when you feel Danger. Okay, when you're not getting what you need, how can I get it? You're going to look for what's keeping me from having it. You look, your mind looks for what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. So during those five days before you ovulate, if you're still in the ovulation cycle, your body needs to experience more estrogen than any other time of the month. And at that time, what allows estrogen go up is whenever you feel I'm safe and I can depend on someone for something meaningful. Now, if you think a man in your life is meaningful, then having a man in your life would produce estrogen. If you don't think a man in your life is meaningful, then men are impotent to do anything for you. And women who make enough money, why do they need a man anyway, unless they recognize I need a man to raise my estrogen, particularly for the five days before ovulation. And if you can't get that, then you go to massage therapists and acupuncturists, you go take a class, you go to your doctor, particularly doctors, uh, produce a lot of estrogen. You know, I think the main reason doctors can help people when they do, it's not the drugs, it's the fact that they're depending on this drug in order to make them happy. They believe it's in the bottle, it's gonna make you happy, then you can depend on it. <laughs> your estrogen levels yeah. will go up, your stress levels go down. Because otherwise you feel alone, you're, you're in despair. Imagine that you're a, a... See, this is all biologically programmed into us. This is instincts. If you're in a tribe a a long time ago before we had civilization, you're in a little village and everybody tries to support each other and you're out getting water from the well and you see a tiger in the forest and you're pregnant with a baby, what do you do? Okay, you tiptoe back to your cage or back to your little house and you tell somebody. If you tell somebody, then it's not all up to you to protect the village. You have to tell somebody. And if you can tell others then you can relax if you can't tell anybody nobody wake up you're terrified oh my god it's gonna eat us all up so you tell a man and what does the man do he says i'll handle this he gets wakes up some other men we're gonna go kill that tiger and how do they kill the tiger they do something and they don't talk they're very quiet they sneak up on that 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 tiger and kill it they have to become quiet when a man is calm and quiet Then his testosterone levels rise to the occasion. Men should not talk so much. Men cannot bond with you on a date unless they do something successful for you, something that's meaningful for you. And if your estrogen levels are low, nothing is meaningful for you because you're doing everything yourself. I don't need anybody. I can do it myself. So (laughs) this is why you have all these traditional things, even in a time when women were more estrogen because of their lifestyle with their children and caring and depending on a man for financial support, men could provide that. And it worked when it worked can't work anymore because we're at a higher level. You see, once you get the safety and security and achievement down, you need intimacy. And intimacy is your stuff comes up. And when your stuff comes up, women, you're temporarily crazy. When you go through the stages of dating, on uh, uh, attraction, uncertainty, commitment, she's the one, boom, then your stuff comes up. And if you can get through your stuff, then you'll feel more love. And then you know, this is my one, this is my soulmate. And then if that happens, try to take a lot of time before you get married because what happens as soon as you get married, that gives you new problem, big problems. Like how are we going to arrange the furniture and where are we going to put the cars? And why can't I use my old chair? And you know, what all these, so many decisions have to be made. Whereas when you're engaged, it's decisions about the wedding. It's little decisions about your future. You're not yet stuck in the relationship, so to speak. And I say to women, your whole power, to, to bring out the way you want your relationship to be happens before you get married. You have tremendous power to get a man to do the things you want him to do. If it's before you get married, because a lot of times women postpone that and say, well, when we married, then I can ask for this and want this and change this and whatever. No, you set it up in his mind, what he has done for you prior to marriage. That's where he stays. And suddenly you go, well, you can't go out with the guys three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's go. who changed the rules? You wanted to marry me. I go out with the guys three times a week. So you have to gradually start doing this process where, where you can overcome differences and belief systems and whatever about this or this, how you're going to raise the children, whatever. But when you're not yet stuck in the relationship, but once you're made that commitment, it's really unfair for her to come in and say, now I require more. Now I require you to change. And this is what women do Men, and it's unfair of him to just stay stuck. Okay, clearly uh, he, should, he should continue to adapt and change how the relationship grows. He has to change, but she has to back off from trying to change him, making her happiness dependent on how she changes him. She can then employ, employ the skills I teach how to motivate any man to do whatever you want. Remember, when you're getting married, he kneels before you. I give my <laughs> life for you. That's called respect. Never say to a man, I don't feel appreciated. Say to him, I don't feel respected. That makes sense. Of course, he married you. He appreciates you. What are you looking for? Something. And what you need is respect, which means you ask and you get. You ask and you get. You ask and you get. And what you have to know, if you're at the level of the people we're talking about, not poverty level... What you need most is emotional fulfillment. So you have to ask for emotional fulfillment, not so many behavioral changes right away. That will happen, he becomes a better guy, always has more energy to do things, more flexible, more adaptable. If his emotional needs are being met as well, what are his emotional needs? What are her emotional needs? Well, if you're integrated, they're the same. We all need appreciation and respect, but if you're out of balance, you need respect. Res- when somebody respects me, honors me, does what I want, follows my rules, my estrogen goes up. When I follow your rules and I do something for you that you need, you're going to appreciate me. And guess what happens when a man is appreciated? His te- what anybody who's appreciated, their testosterone goes up. And what's so interesting, when you counsel couples, and we'll finish with this, it's like they always they're saying what they're doing. They're saying what they're doing and their complaints are almost always the same. You know, a woman says, you don't appreciate me. A man says, you don't appreciate me. A woman says, you don't understand me. He'll say, you don't understand me. And they're both right. Find a way to communicate your truth to your
0: partner. And your
1: truth is always love and support.
0: John Gray, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. It was amazing. (laughs) Bye-bye.